Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Programme. Today is day 52 and we find ourselves in Leviticus 14 and 15 and then Romans chapter 14 verse 13 through to chapter 15 and verse 13 as well. Well, as mentioned yesterday, we're in a set of chapters in the Old Testament that's quite difficult and to some extent not very pleasant to read. Yet we dig below the surface and we still find great lessons for us today. Firstly, the leper and the household of the leper were not to be removed from the people of God forever. The aim was not to eradicate them. Rather, the aim was twofold. First, to figure out a way to reintegrate the people back in after they had been healed from the disease. And second, to protect the people of God from an enemy they could not physically fight. Chapter 14 is not about segregation or even about a different class system for those who suffer leprosy. Rather, it is a loving protection on all the people of God by God. Chapter 15, though, is a little bit trickier. For many, we'd be tempted to skip over it, but it's important we don't because we need to remember that all scripture is God-breathed. And therefore, even chapter 15 of Leviticus is profitable for us, for teaching, for correction, for reproof, and for training in godliness. So let's dig that a little bit deeper and consider the last two verses of the chapter. Do you see how both men and women are commanded to be ceremonially clean? There was no bias or inequality, discharge of any form, male or female, deemed one unclean and therefore the cleansing ritual was needed. I personally find this an interesting point. So much of our society talks about the equality of men and women, yet often we only talk about it in the positive, gaining equality in the positive, in the blessing in our society and having that equal between men and women. But we really talk about the negative equality. Well, what do I mean by this? Well, God commands both men and women to be made clean. Both discharges are to be cleansed. Neither one is viewed greater or lesser, but both are viewed as unclean and both have to suffer through the cleansing ritual. This is not both getting the equality of blessing. This is both getting the equality of suffering. Take these two issues together. How do we ensure that we first honour God, then go about the whole church family being one, both in the positives and in the negatives? Note, I'm not saying how do we get equality in doing all the same stuff. Rather, I'm saying how do we ensure the family of God honours God by being his people? In other words, what are we not doing that we should do and what are we doing that we should stop and in looking at all of this, how do we ensure that we have equality in the suffering as well as equality in the positive blessing? Ponder these things as we head into Romans today. The letter of Romans arrives when the first church was still in its infancy. Therefore, many of the Jewish converts were struggling to shake the years of seeing the law as sacrosanct, specifically in their desire to continue to keep it. They would judge others as sinning or lesser than themselves, for they were not keeping the law in entirety. The important principle that Paul teaches here is that of love. This isn't about rule keeping, but about loving God and loving others. This makes it sound as if we can go about sinning and doing whatever we want, but that is not what this passage is saying. Instead, as we love God, we seek to honour his commands, and as we love others, we seek the best for them. What it boils down to is how we're living our lives out. Do we live them as pious judges over people, or do we live them as loving encouragers? Which leads us into chapter 15. The rest of the world looks to Christians and will see an example. Irrespective of what you show them, they will see it as an example of what Christianity means. So if you're judging others, pious in your opinion and constant debating over small matters, well that is exactly what the world will think Christianity is all about. 
where if you love God, love others, hate sin, and hold to sound doctrine, this is the example that will be given to the world, and this is the example that they will follow as being true Christianity. What way of living do you think brings glory to God? Clearly, the way that draws people to the love of Jesus through our actions, speech, and even how we deal with one another. Reflecting on this, ponder how we handle differences of opinions. Is there ever a time where to hold fast and not budge an inch? Are there times where we need to let matters go and focus on the task at hand of being ambassadors for the gospel? How we handle these differences will reflect where our hearts are and therefore directly impact our witness as ambassadors for the gospel. You see, just in these two fairly difficult passages, we have much to think about, about the church family, the equality of the church family, the blessing, the suffering within the church family, as well as our example of how we live out our faith. Certainly much to think about and much to pray about, and that is why we'll close in prayer. Father, we pray that we would be a people that honours you first. We pray that we would suffer together and that we would take the great blessing you give us together. Father, we pray that there would not be division amongst us over small matters, but we would be united in Christ Jesus, that we would hold firm to sound doctrine, and that we would hold firm to loving God and loving others, and we would hold firm as one people, as one family, in our hatred towards sin, for it goes against your holy law. Father, we pray that we would be true examples of the gospel today. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus, who is the gospel, that salvation message for us. We pray in his name. Amen.